boys. They are. I saw. I so I about mixed it up with Hanson this weekend. It's a story. So is that a wedding? I think we've led with this song before, before. but I know I, I realize but, but that there's a there's reason. a story. There's okay. a story here. Tell the and story. Actually, and I saw somebody that night. They're like, "You got to mention Hanson on the podcast." And I was like, I'm "Done." So I'm at a I'm at a wedding in downtown Minneapolis on the North Loop, right by Target Field. Stands this hotel. And there's this big tour bus. I thought it was the shuttle to go to the wedding service. There's like three guys surrounding this tour bus. And I get up there, like, is this the shuttle? And he goes, sir, you need to back away. This is Hanson's bus. <laughs> it was Hanson. They literally stayed at the same hotel and they played at the Fillmore in Minneapolis. And why That's they amazing. multiple security guards for Hanson? I and have that, no idea. And same the, night. The Hanson bodyguard got in your face. He did. He did. He and I, I mean, I'm non-threatening. Trust me. I was gonna say, like, especially in a sport coat. Like, I I'm just trying to. I'm just. I don't want to miss the shuttle. And I, I was. See, I was ready for that happy hour. Because I've seen the look, like when you're in like a remote bit of trouble. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you get really sick. I did, yeah, I did the two hands. Off, like, oh, no, no, no. I'm all good, sir. I want no piece of this Hanson tour bus. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a song. Did you ever watch bops. this video? Uh, no. They're just basically like hiking in like a cave. Now they're just driving around in some weird car. I don't understand it. Well, there you go. I did not see them, but I, I, I definitely saw the bodyguards. You know, I could see... Like, if you become famous by this just garbage, like, they're probably decent musicians now, they I would think. They probably are, yeah. They probably are like, oh, we need to reinvent ourselves. Yep. I talked to some people at the hotel after the wedding that went to the show that were also not there for the wedding. They said it was a good show. By whose standards? Well, I don't know. I don't know whose standards they are. This is a catchier than hell song. It, uh, it's like four, four words to it. But. So quickly... Two weddings in two days for me this weekend. Ran into several Cyclone Fanatic listeners. Got to give a shout out to my guy, Ben. Ben Jones. Hey, Ben. Uh, big, time, big time listener. Thanks, Ben. Knew right away. He's like, so I'm not going to be creepy, but just want to tell you that. Uh, Appreciate you, he, Ben. He dates all the way back to the early days of the, oh, of wow. the podcast. So, ben, ben and his uh, dad, Steve. Shout out to them. Ben and, and Steve. Yep. yep. And then I, even, guys. I even ran into some Iowa State listeners. There a lot of Gopher fans up in Minneapolis. They actually uh, have Gopher fans. There, there were. They sang a stupid fight song at the at the wedding. Seriously, the yeah. they didn't sing Skull Viking. No, they didn't. I was surprised by that. No, they did the Gopher thing with the Minnesota, Minnesota. Go. Anyway, but no, the one in Des Moines on uh, Saturday. Congrats to uh, Grace, another podcast listener, and Kate. Well done, guys. All right. Yep. Grayson. Grayson. Grayson and Kate. Yep. Well done. Congratulations. You got each other for the rest of your lives. Good luck. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, real quick, we'll run down tonight's show for you. We are going to give our final win-loss predictions for the 2022 Iowa State football season. Uh, we'll discuss. I don't want to get too much into it. We don't have a lot, of, but we did learn a little bit about this Big Ten deal and kind of what the future might hold there and how it's going to impact the Big 12. We'll not spend a lot of time on that. Um, Scott Frost is just bloviating in press conferences. And then in segment number three, we're going to take questions from you guys on Twitter regarding the upcoming football season. There's way too many good questions. We might need to do a 
carryover. Yeah, we're probably There's going a lot, to. a lot of good questions. Uh, real quick, shout out to our friends at MechDine and the MechDine Corporation. Check them out at MechDine.com. Um, this is, uh, we're officially entering year number two of them sponsoring the Williams right. and Bloom podcast uh, on Sunday night. So we appreciate them. We could not be here and would not be here without them. Um, number uh, two, the road shows are coming up. The second round of road shows are coming up this week. We have a free road show for anyone to attend. Um, a lot of people think, oh, you're at the casino. I can't bring kids. No, that that's actually incorrect. We're at the event room at the casino. In Jefferson. In Jefferson at the Wild Rose Casino, a, a great partner of ours here at Cyclone Fanatic. Um, that is coming up on Wednesday night. Now, it's actually going to be a really packed house because we have four Iowa State basketball players. Nice. Joining us at the event. From the men's side, fire up the grill. That's right. Caleb Grill will be in the house. Gabe Kalsher will be in the house. And then we have two of the best guards in women's college basketball, and Emily Ryan and Lexi Donarski, who are going to be with us from the women's team. The ladies will be joining us the next night in Leclerc. Nice. Uh, the men have a early uh, or, or they have something going on so they they can't make it because of the team um but this this event in Jefferson so it'll be the same thing as normal we're going to do like an hour long cocktail type of hour from 6 to 7 where the ladies and gentlemen will be there to take pictures with you and your kids and sign autographs and do all of that stuff and they'll be around for the the whole night to to do all of that but we're uh, making that first hour uh, just kind of open for that. At around 7 o'clock, we are going to have our panel where we preview the 2022 Iowa State football season, which will be great. That should go about an hour to an hour and a half tops. I do know that it's a school night, so a lot of people are wondering about that. Yeah, and that. school starts this week for yeah. a lot of people. Well, my, my kids start school on Tuesday. So, right? You know, wow. So, yeah, no, I get that. And we will try and have that wrapped up at the end by uh, at the end by 8.30 at the absolute latest. So that's the details on Jefferson Wednesday night at the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel. And then um, the... The, the road show heads to Eastern Iowa on Thursday night at the Mississippi River distilling uh, there. The the Cody Road Black oh, will be buddy. available for the first time. Have you seen the black bottle I yet? I saw the label. looked looked it amazing. It is sick. I just kind of want to just buy it just to have the label. Ryan, I saw he put on Twitter, he goes he wanted to call it the Blackout, but he thought as a uh, whiskey yeah, that maybe a maybe little not irresponsible. A, maybe not a great move. Understand, but we all get it. We do have a few tickets left to that one. Now, that one is limited space. Um, half of what you spend, uh, they are donated to the We Will Collective. Thank you. The other half is basically going to give you a free cocktail and a koozie. So, so like, you're, you're not really... You're, you're making a ten dollar donation. Look at that, and the, if you're going to that event, you're going to get a cocktail anyways. anyway. So and it's, and it's the good stuff. Yeah, you're and, not just. And uh, mainly, we do it so that we can. We don't want to oversell the thing and then not have seats for people. Right. That's why we have a um, a cap on it at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. So that that is in Leclerc 
on Thursday night. So we have a really, really busy week. Wednesday night, Thursday night, we have road shows. Jefferson and LeClaire. You got, fired up. You got Jeff Woody coming. To... Jeff Woody, uh, Todd Blythe. Yep. Um, Scott Christofferson is coming on Thursday night. Nice. Scotty, my so, guy. Yep, Scotty's going to make his way over on Thursday night. I think that's it. And then the whole cycle well, we of got fanatic the, yeah, staff, well, like, you know, yeah. the regulars. Yeah. The regulars are all going to be there. So, yeah. No, it'll be uh, be a lot of fun. How many people – so, you got tickets available for LeClaire. How many people can fit into that space? Um, Just trying to give people an idea of what to expect. Around 200, but we didn't sell that many tickets. Okay. Because we don't want it to be too overcrowded. Too, yeah, right. With the staff and everything yeah. else. And yeah. the players. Yeah. Great. I think we sold – I think we're – like 150 tickets or something okay. like well, that. Like, scoop those up. There, yeah, there are a few left. and I, It'll and be, You'll be a memorable night. The good thing is, you know, last year we did it on a Friday and it sold out immediately. Well, they, they're they so busy now. I like That's to great. think that it's because of the Cyclone Fanatic influence, of course. They have like a wedding or something on sure. Friday night. So sure. we're like, yeah, we'll do it on Thursday. And that makes sense. And it'll be... Uh, Hell of a turnout, it, regardless. If Omaha and Clarinda are any indicator, this is going to be nights that uh, will be enjoyable. Regard, and you know what, Jefferson's only an hour from Ankeny. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad. If you're a college student and you're in Ames, you're right, Ames, it's twenty minutes. Come on over, five minutes. If you're in the Boone area, like all those areas that yeah. claim that they never ever get attention, this we're we're in a rural area for you to just bounce on over. I, I would, I think. From if you would ask anybody in Clarinda, Omaha, I think everybody had a good time. Yes, I would agree with that. All right. Um, well, let's just dig right in. Let's get. Let's I don't get to it. Necessarily want to go game by game here. The way I want to do this, uh, because I I think if we went bloom like game by game, we go. We would have a similar conversation. It'd be the same thing. I want to know. I will. I th- I think. What, what's yeah? What, we just need to each say a number. A number. This is the record at the end of the year, and we can we can analyze. I bet we from say there. the same number. I'm going seven and five. So am I. Okay. Now I was tempted to go eight and four. I was yeah, closer to yeah. going eight and four no, than I, I was six and six. I would I would agree with that. I, I think it, if you get we if we go game by game, I think Iowa State will actually be favored in eight games right now. Okay, but. Just because you're favored in every game doesn't mean you're going to win every game. Like I think there's a difference here. They and then and who's and then the other question is who's the game that I was thinking pick up that they'd be an underdog in. So I, mean, I think if you look at it that way, you kind of got to leave some wiggle room. What are the swing games? We've talked about them for months now. Iowa on the tenth, huge swing game. You're a seven point underdog though. So you're looking at yeah, you're seven point road dog. Yeah, road I mean dog. that's that's honestly if you just look at percentages from gambling, you're looking at seventy thirty, right? That's yeah. what it is. It's seven points. Yeah. It's like seventy thirty. Um, and then the other swing game, Baylor at home. We've we've argued about this all summer. Baylor's favored. I you think Baylor's gonna be favored? I think Iowa State might be favored in that game. Although let me say this, Baylor. If you're if you're the, the why do you hate Baylor? I'm so not. Much? I'm saying there's amazing value you can get Baylor right now to win the Big Twelve. Oh, They're yeah. at six to one in most places. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's great. They are way behind OU and Texas. That's, That's crazy. Stupid. Like grab Baylor now, yeah. honestly. Just yeah. a little well, could you move moving lines. <laughs> I would I would play the over the Iowa State at seven? It's at six and a half in some DraftKings. 
Is it? Yeah, yeah DraftKings, so. you can get it at six and a half. I would play the over on but, that. But swing game, Texas is a swing game. I was names. with a buddy of mine. Um, I won't Austin, say his name because okay. I don't know if he wants to know about people to know about his gambling. But I was with, I had I had lunch with a partner of ours, mm-hmm. and he said he bet the over, and he hammered it because he's like, I don't like to have to bet on every individual game. So now, like. That's an interesting theory. He's like, yeah, just yeah. root for Iowa State. You know, you you're happy. Got to get to there. Yeah, and it's not and if I have a really week good week. He's like, if I have a really good feel on it, you know. And then I actually I explained to him the Dennis Bloom theory. The Dennis Bloom theory works wonders to just gamble and bet against your favorite team every week, and then you're happy. Yeah, and I kind of do that with the Vikings yeah. now. And just for Dennis Bloom's not not gambling like, uh, you know. No, Floyd Mayweather. Your dad, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, money. Your dad taught me that in college. <laughs> it's the emotional edge. He like took us out for dinner one right, night. So here's and he some was, advice. I was like, that's he, really good he, advice. He's a car, big Cardinals fan, St. Louis Cardinals. He bets against the Cardinals and for the Brewers in a parlay every day. <laughs> that, no, that's a little excessive. It <laughs> yeah, feels like, it's like to it's me, like ten bucks, ten bucks, right? But anyway, it's. Uh, I don't so, know. I think Iowa State's going to be favored. Uh, in eight games, but there's some swing games in there. Texas and Austin is a swing game. I think the K-State game at home is a swing game. But I just like the setup of the schedule. Now, the Iowa game is a huge game. SEMO should not be close. It should I, not. I don't really like the Big 12 this year. I don't think it's very good. Like, I think they're just a bunch of, like... I think it's very even. I think it's a bunch of, yeah. like, above-average teams, would, but no great yep. teams. And the quarterback play, like we it. talked about, I got some heat for putting Deckers in the top five. It's like, how could you? How could you dare put him in this? Like, Who's well, giving you hate? Them? I saw some of them message boards. Oh, okay. So I was overhyping Deckers. Okay. That, Perhaps that's fine. But again, I think we've I been pretty. I think we've been really behind. clear, though. We're passing along what we're hearing. People yes. really like. They like. We've gone into plenty of seasons since we've been doing this. Where like, oh boy, yeah, buckle up, yeah, right. And They're, I haven't heard a lot of that now. Occasionally, before the year, we'll hear like, "Oh boy, it's going to be." We got no, some issues I heard here. I've heard a whole lot of that. So. I, I, which was, we'll get into the individual question. I was running through, you know, some of my sources today because mm-hmm. I knew we were going to do this. Yep. And the amount of optimism is very high within the program right now. As far they think that they can every bit compete with anybody in the Big Twelve now. The problem with like going out, you're gonna get the nine, or because like you're yeah. saying, like the way that they play. I mean, there's three or four games that are come down to a possession. Correct. How do you do? I don't know. Last well, year we did not. We saw not, it in twenty that they that did really well. Way. Yep. You know, the one thing I would question. Yeah. What What are your concerns? Right. Well, now? this isn't even a concern, but it would be a question of mine as far as how I macro analyze the season going into it. How different stylistically will the offense be? Mm-hmm. Because they've played a style with Brees and with Brock and with those tight ends where it's almost like you, you, you're not trying to keep it close, but like don't screw it up and we'll win this in the end. Will that be different now? I don't know. And I, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, Hunter has the ability to be different. Will Iowa State choose to be different? And that's, I think, you know, if you, you start talking about what are the interesting subplots for the season, I think offensive style is, is one of the main ones. And then as somebody suggested, will, will the defense change at all or will it be the same system? But the, what, what has really become clear to me, C-Dub, which has kind of surprised me, the, the hype around the secondary, I'll just say that generally, 
is is continues to increase. The young guys that are back there have been impressive, but anybody you talk to up there is like, gosh, one of our most indispensable pieces because he's going to be great is Bo Freiler. So when you've got some names, and then some of the questions are really good, like who are some of the names that we haven't talked a whole lot about but might be household names by the end of the year? He's he's one of them. I think that guy yeah. has has a chance to be a game changer back there. But so defensively, do you change your style? You're still a three man. I think mo- mostly three man front. Yeah, I don't think defensively that's going to change it's, a whole lot. It's just more on offense. Like you yeah. hear about opening it up and throwing it downfield. If that's the case, you're stopping the clock more. Right. You know, like that type of thing. And it, and it will, will that impact the defense and the complimentary football stuff we always hear about. And go back and if, if people get a chance, go back and listen to the Tom Manning podcast you had. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Because he got, he kind of, he didn't directly say it, but he was kind of like, you know, we got to do what we got to do as a team. I'll tell you guys. If, I, if I'm paraphrasing. If everybody likes to hang on like what they're saying during fall camp and stuff, it's the worst content you'll get from the coaches. Go and listen to those middle of the summer podcast if you want like true insight as to what I they're that. thinking. Not a whole right. lot has changed. But he was pretty for Tom, he's not a real revealing guy, but he had no. a couple hints in there just about I'll I'll say style this style and play calling. I'll say this to to wrap that point up. I'll believe it when I see it too. It's one of those things. Yeah, I, I know. Um but I don't but but I but if you go by what the players' formation plays thing like yep. that they've been preaching yep. since day one. This offense looks very different. Does it, it not? It, I, I, it's got to. Yeah. I mean, you just don't have. You don't. You have, don't have the tight ends, and you don't have Brock Purdy, who, by the way, I would say was top five in the nation last year in passing accuracy. Listen, I think Decker is going to be really good. He's not going to be top five in the nation in passing accuracy. But I think he'll throw more difficult passes. I agree, too. and yeah. I think he'll run it more. Yeah. And so then, what does that mean? I, to be determined. One thing I want to address because before I forget it, because there are a lot of questions, and we're kind of combining segment one with segment three here, but there's a lot of stuff, and I think one of the main questions people have, so let's address it now, it's a lot of, is the offensive line going to be better? So I got to thinking, has the offensive line been bad? What would you say to that? Has the offensive line been disappointing? Disappointing is different than bad. Okay. I agree. I think last year was a disappointment. Absolutely. Two years ago was not. They were really good. Okay. I also think that there's there's oftentimes, like, people will say, quit making excuses. Excuses are different than reasons sometimes. Agreed. I think last year's line had a lot of reasons to underperform. And also, I'll add to that, and I agree with you, also, the line kind of becomes the... You know, defined. I don't have to know. I don't know what else to blame. So it's their fault, type of situation. You know, because like, most of us don't, we don't really know what's going on there. It's just yeah, like when, yeah. when the offense doesn't move, it's like, well, then it's probably the line fault because I don't really know what's going. Like I still, you've had conversations with Bruns. Talked to and Bruns this week about this, and it's like I don't. I still don't know what's going on. Like you can watch that I, thing. And it's like, man, there's stuff Brun- beyond my comprehension. For what it's worth, Bruns. Bruns is bullish on this year's line. Okay, like so, he, he thinks that they can be pretty good. He, ben won't mind me saying this. Yeah. He he said five guards don't work. Five I guards think that not. Was, that was what he said. But interestingly, so this is so I always I agree. I, if you would ask me two weeks ago, was the line a disappointment last year? I would have said, yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's a that's fact. Yeah, disappointment's different than bad. Bad because like, they weren't bad. They just 
hadn't the, taken the step the next, that the rest of the program has. So t- to that point, here's some numbers that I, I ran. I was trying to get my kid to sleep tonight to come over here, and it's 1030, and we're still here. It's if pretty late, yeah. Yeah. What are we, we had the uh, Cody Road uh, yeah, Madeira barrels. I mean, it, it takes some time to prep for football season. We're doing that. Um, in 2017, Iowa State averaged 3.5 yards per carry on the ground. That was 112th out of 129 teams. Not great. What year? 17. Okay. David Montgomery, by the way, was the running back. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 28. Remember that? And he'd get like three yards. Yeah, he should have lost two. Yeah. So he made, it could have been a lot worse yeah. there. Yeah. 2018, 3.6 yards per carry. That's 114th out of 129. That was Brock Purdy's Oklahoma State debut. You still had Montgomery. Yeah. But again, couldn't really move the ball on the ground much at all. Yeah. 2019, the Brees Hall freshman year improved to 4.2 yards per carry. That was 77th nationally. So Brees came on the scene and about midway through the year. Remember, you started with Sheldon Crony and uh, who else was back? Johnny Lang. Oh, yeah. So you got a little better. Like Forget about those guys. You improved yeah. a little bit. Then, Chris, big, big jump. 2020, COVID year. 5.14 yards per carry. So almost an entire yard better. 22nd in the nation. Great. Nine wins. Moved the ball. Felt like he had control of the offense flying at times. Yeah. Bullied people. So it surprised me when last year, I would say it was almost right at the same number, 5.06 yards per carry. That was 25th in the nation and 15th among all FBS, pro, all uh, Power 5 programs. So if you look at the raw data, I would say actually moved the ball fine on the ground. Now. How much of it was Brees? Brees was a lot of it, yeah. and he broke a lot of monster runs. I mean, yeah. think of the big 50-yard chunks at West Virginia, yeah. at K-State, and on and on and on. So he was a huge part of that, but that really surprised me. I mean, if you just look at the raw data, the offensive line has actually markedly improved it's good in the Campbell tenure. And if you ask me then, all right, and we did that with five guards, and we had Remsburg, who was out, and he'll be out to start the year. Mm-hmm. And you had Colin Newell, who was playing at about 50%, and he gutted it through, but he just wasn't he wasn't as good as he was as a junior because he had a, a significant injury issue that he was trying to battle through. Downing is an improvement there. You get Simmons back. You get Hufford, who was pretty good at times, back. Miller's finally rectified one of the tackles. And then you've got that other tackle, which could have been Remsburg, probably going to be Triber now. So to that point, I think the line is going to be better. And it really hasn't been, quote-unquote, bad either. I think it's kind of this reputation that has developed over the last couple of years for some reason. It's funny, too. Like, if you you talk to a quarterback, the quarterback will be (laughs) – I've seen this with Meyer. He'll Mm -hmm. be like, oh, the line – and then you talk to Browns and be like, well, Brock's got to get rid of the ball. What? <laughs> right? Like, yep. there's just, there's a lot of ways to look at it. And Great I, point. I've, I've always tried to say, too, is I don't really know. Like, I I had the pleasure, um, that I was very privileged to sit. This was a couple years ago. This was before COVID. But Matt invited me to come with them. Like, I basically just hung out all day during fall camp. Yeah. Yeah, that was and I got Great to sit story. in with the offensive staff for like for the whole day, basically. I mean, but after after practice, it was me and Matt and Steve Loney, your boy. Yep, yep. And yep. then I think Alex Golish was in there because the tight ends. Okay. And whoever Jeff, the offensive line coach, Jeff Myers. I don't think been, Myers was, was there, there yet. yet. I don't think he was there yet. Whoever was before him. Yeah. Okay. But the point being. I watched how meticulously they watched offensive lineman movement. And I learned so much about what I didn't know. Right. That night. And 
It was funny too because I think I left at like one o'clock in the morning, and Campbell was harassing me because I didn't have what it takes <laughs> yeah, to be on the coaching staff. Nuts. They let I was, me go into the bunker. I said, "I go, dude. Like, it's not that I don't have what it takes. Is I don't know what the hell you I guys are talking, talking about. about. I've yeah. been here for twelve it's, hours. Like, I'm good. I, it's I've crazy. learned all. But my point is, they're analyzing, like, not the outcome of the play, like the way that the lineman is stepping, the what, like. Where is his, his weight upon the snap? Like, just stuff that – and that's why, like, I've, I've always kind of just tried to say – I don't know. I'm just going to call Bruns cause, yeah. and see what he, he played it. Um, and then you get a – but, again, like, then you talk to Sage. Sage is really hard on the line. Yep. Right? Yep. And then you talk to another lineman, and they'll be like, well, it's because Brock's holding on to the ball, on the ball too long. Yeah. It makes the he line look – can't see over the line. I So, I don't know. Um, my gut tells me that there's a lot of times on third and three where Iowa State would like to run it and they can't, they just well, don't so that, get the push. That's where it's glaring. Right. And like, if you look at Iowa State's third down conversions last year, it wasn't great. And that's that's where the line really looks where it seems like they're front and center. Because like, okay, well, then just get the first down. And Iowa State oftentimes, and I have to look at the exact number of what their third down percentage was last year. But that's where it's glaring. I was just surprised looking at the raw data of the last two years. Iowa State's actually a top 25 Program and yards per carry. It's good stuff, boy. And that's with the, a lot of the same guys. So that's a good thing. And Downing's healthy. He's going to be good at center. So long story short, while Iowa State has not had a, a lot of NFL guys at the offensive line position, I think there's 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 reason not to be like crazy hyped and optimistic because I want to get carried away here. But uh, there's no reason to expect that um, the drop off should be that significant here. We're both going seven and five. I think I, so. Yeah, I actually, I think I think I am going. I'm seven not and five. kidding. I, I was tempted to go eight and four, uh, but I backed off. I just the re, more eight and four, and here's why I would lean that way more than six and six is I look around the rest of the league and it's like at at this point, like which programs do you trust the most? Right. I trust Iowa State more than Kansas State. Trust them more than West Virginia. Yep. Trust him more than Texas at this and point. TCU. Trust him more than TCU. Yep. Definitely more than Tech at this point. Like, yep. you, you know, like. I agree. The the stability. I, I know that there's a lot of new new faces, but I also know that they've recruited really well. And when you follow it as closely as we do, you, just, you hear, like, you hear about, like, how the scout team's doing. You hear about these guys are pushing, and it. I've heard a lot of years in a row now where these guys, including this one, go, well, this is the best freshman class we've ever brought in. And that's where you get to a certain point in the program where the two deep fills out a little bit better. I just think that's where they're at. Uh, I think this is a good year to be, quote, unquote, rebuilding. Because I think I look around this league. Yeah, it's like, who? Who I don't like either of the Oklahoma teams that much. I think Oklahoma is crazy overrated. They're the most overrated team in the country. I 100% agree. And I might eat that, but Well, you look at where they're at in the polls. And then where Vegas has their win totals, and that's all you need to know. Interesting. Their win they're totals li- at like eight and a half or nine, something like that. They're living off the reputation. Yeah, they are, if they're the eighth that's best team in the country. Grab Baylor. Like I never thought I'd say I'd be a Baylor stand here, but I'm, I'm on my I don't Baylor, understand. To one. I don't Let's understand go. why they're not the clear front runner. They brought they, everybody back on the lines. It's crazy. And in their minds, they upgraded at quarterback yeah. from the team that and won the were, championship a year ago. They were top 15 in both run and and. Run offense and run defense last year. Unless like, you look at them Baylor. and you go, it's a fluke. But how could you say that? Like I don't think it was. I got asked or the the our guys the Gauchos. Yeah, the guy love the Gauchos. They put out a 
uh, tweet this week about if you're a Big 12 fan and basically you had to trade your coach for another, who would you get? And I was like, it's Aranda, right? If you're Iowa State? Yeah. I think for with anybody. Yeah, I'd be Campbell and Aranda. I, I, yeah, and you, if you have to I trade. I could make an argument for Gundy and Ames that that would work. Yeah. I mean, if you can win in Stillwater, you, you can, can win, win in Ames. Ames. You yeah. know, like with Aranda – but Aranda reminds me a lot of Campbell. Like, the, to me, like, just the way they go just about their business. Guy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, that, that's not a fluke. I really don't I think. Don't think I, it's I think they're, they're going to be good, good for a long time. I do agree. Time. I 100% agree. But, I, I, but to your point, one through eight in the Big 12, completely wide open. So, wow. No, you, Baylor is one. I think two I think through eight. Two through, okay. I would yeah. make that argument. You can disagree with me. I think I just, Baylor's a clear-cut I one. still have a problem with the quarterback situation. Uncertainty across the board. We've Blake, been arguing about... Blake Shapin's going to either prove me a genius <laughs> have, or an idiot. We've I been don't arguing know what, about this I'm conversation sorry, since April. I, know I can't wait to find That's out. That's great to find out. And hey, first conference game in Ames, September 24th. Man, mark that one on the calendars. It's a huge game. It's a huge game. Just, hey, I just one thing. I heard a birdie this week. If Iowa State's key players, yep. Iowa State's key players stay healthy. Key players. Let me mark them down because again, this is one of our questions. Deckers, clearly. Hutchinson, key player. Cyclone fanatic podcaster. Orion Vance is a key, very key player on this defense because the line guy the line, never gets talked. He about doesn't. It. He's a linebacker, yeah. but he's back. He's great. Orion Vance is a really good good player. Will McDonald. Bo Freiler Freether, however he says it. We're going to figure this out by the start of the season. I've heard multiple things. Uh, I, I'm watching these Vikings games, and everybody's calling him Wong Wu. I'm like, how <laughs> do we change. how do we botch that for yep. five years? Yep. <laughs> so, Bo, Bo, Bo at safety. Isn't that literally your job on the network back in the day? Was to get pronunciations right yeah, for Walters? So, so, and I heard it was Freeler. But then Campbell keeps calling him Freiler, and I don't want to. I've always thought it was Freiler. I it's I don't know. It's F R E Y. I mean, technically, by the the English language, it should be Freiler because the E is before the Y. Yeah, but you should be Blum, right? Well, that's a long U. Anyway, uh, he's a key part, and then the the kicking game is is up in the air. I'll say that, but I I do think those. Oh, I got four, a birdie. I put a birdie on the uh, forums. Will today. McDonald as well, clearly. I put a birdie on the forums about the kicking game. If you all want, or on oh, the premium okay. forms. I, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Premium subscribers got that in their inbox Sunday night. Love it. All right. Um, seven and five for me. I was leaning eight and four. I, I yeah, conservatively went yeah, seven and five. I'll agree. I would guess most of Cyclone Nation is with us. This is going to be, though, if, if last year was stressful, this year will be exciting in a... Sure hope so. I mean, I think it could be like, ah, let's see what happens. Roll it out there. Uh, shout out to our friend Tom Killiper, the Killiper Corporation. Uh, check them out at killipercorp.com. It's a great locally owned company in Ames. That's right. Go in the upper right-hand corner. Click on their careers page. I just did that. Uh, they have everything um, from, like, if you want to be on the floor to some office positions, a great locally owned, family-owned company. Where uh, one of the cool things is they have family friendly hours is what it says too. So if you if you don't like your current um, spot as far as that goes, I made a change like that last um, spring. Check them out at killipercorp.com, located in Ames. 
Uh, also want to give a shout out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. We will be in Jefferson. That's right. I might try and sneak over and check out their uh, Jefferson location Let's go. on Wednesday. I have not been to that. Uh, Gravitate Coworking with meeting spaces in downtown Des Moines, East Village. Is Jeff Wood going to be at the, the event? I don't know. She sh- Jeff, you should come. Show us the Gravitate Coworking Midtown, space. Windsor Heights, Cedar Falls, and Jefferson. I did get a uh, fun little note. These are my favorite things to get from his wife, Hopewood. Uh, you know, she's the one who does the wills. Yeah, absolutely. The wills in a plan. day. Mm-hmm. Hopewoodjd.com. Uh, she got a Cyclone Fanatic. Thank client. you, Cyclone Fanatics. Yep. Um, so this is a. That's if, a I if love you that. Use the promo code Fanatic, and uh, you get fifty time fifty dollars off of a package for. Uh, a lot of people want to know prices too. So here we go. The for a married couple. Yeah. What is what are it, we running? It's seven hundred dollars, but six hundred and fifty for Fanatics. Yep. If you're single, four hundred and fifty dollars uh, normally. Four hundred dollars for Fanatics. Packages include a uh, will. Um, and a testament. What's a testament? Do you know what that is? Will and testament goes together. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> See, I need to get my will done. A living will, power of attorney, asset it's, it's, transfer, yeah, it's, it all planning. together. All that stuff together. And I'm telling you, that is a bargain if you get I caught do. in the wrong end of it. Because, man, the government wants their money. I had... <laughs> I had a Matt Campbell assistant coach reach out to me about Hopewood <laughs> from the judge. podcast. Swear to God. I, advertising works on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. It really, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. It really does. I love getting messages like that, though. So thanks to whoever. People are stopping me in the middle of Minneapolis saying, hey, does Chris Williams really drink Cody Road? Yeah. I'm literally. Yeah, like right now. We're drinking it. It's embarrassing the amount of bottles of Cody Road I've oh, I can't consumed wait for the black since label. the pandemic. Perfect. Um, okay, just, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Big Ten TV deal. Um, but. Yeah. The, let's, let's, the, quick, quick. They thoughts. are going to expand again, right? Yes. The way that that yes. thing was There's left 100%. open. and They're going you, to 20. Did you read the Wall Street Journal piece that I shared I about did. traveling for USC and yeah, UCLA I mean, and how big a, of a nightmare it's going it to be? Just, it's setting up for them to add the others. So the Pac-12 is neutered. Let's be honest. So. Because of all this, and again, we're not going to get into all the details. Yeah. Why wouldn't Arizona and Colorado just go? I don't know at this point. I don't get it at this point. Yeah. I'm going to have Wilner back on, yeah, and I want to ask him about this. Like, I don't understand. I think in a perfect world, they would love to stay together. Absolutely. But that's not going to happen. And, and the other question I would have here is if you are, let's say you're Amazon. Mm-hmm. And you're getting ready to make a bid. Because mm-hmm. we've been told time and time again, mm-hmm. Amazon wants rights. Mm-hmm. How do you make a bid on a conference that won't sign a long-term grant of rights? Nope. I agree. It's the self-preservation theory. If you're Colorado and in the Arizona schools right now, it's like... Yeah, your best bet is to go to the Big 12. Because here's the thing. The Big 10 is adding four more at some point. Now, if you're those three, maybe you could like hope in a prayer that it's going to be you. And so you don't, but it's not going to be you. It's going to be Oregon and Stanford. and Maybe Cal maybe because Cal. of the, the Cal-UCLA thing. Right. And then they hope for Notre Dame. Then they're happy. I think even like Washington could get screwed here. They could. Honestly. Yeah, they don't have a natural if, partner. If it's, no, think yes, about it like I, this, I don't though. agree with that. If, if it's Notre Dame, and I don't think they will. I think they're going to stay independent. I, I, I agree with that. But too. they're going to get paired with Stanford. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's a very real possibility. Did you watch the legal stuff like the in California? I that, did. Yeah. That politicians lean on UCLA to get Cal the hell in there. Yep. And the Big Ten and their stuffy academic stuff, right? Like Cal's an elite institution. You get them in there. You take a little bit of a financial hit, but it's it, worth it for the... Stanford's a no-brainer. They're coming. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm a Washington fan right now, I'm a little bit... I'd be I'd be nervous. Just a you're little not, bit. Because Wazoo's not going with you. No. Sorry. Just I know Pullman's a, a lot bit. of games, but you're not, you're not taking them. No, I actually think, you know, the more I thought about it, I, I think Big 12 actually was in a good position after all this. No, I thought that the whole so, time. Rook, what do you know about this Arizona State president, this this guy, the Iowa State grad? Yeah. He kind of seems like he's a bit of a pain in the ass well, behind the I, scenes. I, he's an, he knows he knows Iowa State. He doesn't seem to be, uh, I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, he's I don't know. He's hearing a lot of stuff. I don't know. I think he's. I don't want to say I, anything too bad about the guy. I don't know him. I but understand. But I figure you know the academia world better yeah, than Yeah, no, I, I, I get, and, and it's not because of Iowa State. I think it's some of the other members of the Big 12 where these quote-unquote larger brand name elitist institutions don't feel like they should be associated with them. Like tech? You named one. Yeah. UCF going to be one of those? UCF, probably. Cincinnati. Even the religious stuff gets kind of weird for some people. Okay. You know, with Baylor Baylor and BYU and TCU. I kind of like the Big 12. The Big 12 is like going into a bar. You You just never know you're you're going to bump into. I got some cowboys. Did you see the fan vote? The big, the Fox yeah. fan boat, like the yeah. top, they're nuts. Like eight of the eight of the ten remaining like teams it. are all in the big. Like, let's go! Like, I think this is great. It's good for everybody. You just, I think you so. know, I like to hang out with. Uh, you're talking to a guy like, hey, hey, Williams, who's your favorite musicians of all time? Uh, George Strait and Jay Z. <laughs> just, I don't know who you're gonna find. No, I, I think uh, Amazon, Apple. The more and the fact that the Big Ten only did a six-year deal, this is kind of the part that I was curious about, is a great sign, in my opinion. Meaning they know the money in the future is not with the quote-unquote linear partners, your your Foxes, your ESPNs, your your uh, NBCs, and your CBS. They're trying to buy in, so you know, twenty twenty-eight they can get back on the streaming train. So if I'm the Big Twelve, I embrace it. It might hurt you a little bit in the short run. But hop on with Amazon or Apple while you can. That's my advice to your Mark if he's listening. He was in Ames this week, too. Yeah, I was disappointed. I, uh, Nobody had invited us. I had tweeted at him that I wanted to take him to Thumbs. <laughs> I never got a response. I thought me and him were tight after our 15-minute talk about Jay-Z and NASCAR. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never got a response. Would he go to the Mucky Duck? You ever been the Mucky Duck? I've never. I used to live right by there, you too. You've never been the never Mucky been Duck? Never been in there. I've driven oh, the by mucky, it a million times. The Mucky Duck is... Great. This is from Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Cue it up. Cue up the song. <laughs> it's perfect. There's never been a moment more appropriate for the music that's going behind this story. <laughs> I mean, this is... I, uh, Cue the song. I'm sorry. I, I think Scott Frost is a big liar. <laughs> Um, I just want to preface everything. I think he's he's a giant liar. He's a liar, but it's perfect. (laughs) I just love it because it's yakety sax. We're talking about yakking. (laughs) Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. This is great. Tweet, Scott Frost estimates (laughs) 
There are 15 to 20 total vomits per practice <laughs> from offensive linemen under new position coach Donovan Rayola. Frost says, quote, it's not because they're not in shape. He's just working them hard. What does that mean? That's like <laughs> hypocritical, by the way. So this is where it gets really good. Jeff Schwartz, do you know who he is? Yeah, the, li- the former NFL lineman. Eight-year lineman. Yeah. He's like a talk host on Sirius XM. He's, he's, uh, he's on Fox, apparently. He, quote, retweets this and says, I've been in 13 training camps in the NFL, in college in the NFL. Half of those were two of days. I don't believe I've ever seen 15 <laughs> total times that an offensive lineman puked at practice. So either he's lying about this number or it's extremely unhealthy. So it's great offensive line hire for Nebraska. And is he over the allotment of coaches? Like, we're not sure because they cheated last year. I mean, how bad are they? Are they like, they're, they're cheating. They have more coaches. <laughs> Who are instructing these players? I think my dog keeps farting. He's hearing him too much about. Uh, it, the they've got sex. extra coaches and they still suck. So here's the well, here's what's hilarious to me. <laughs> Donovan Raiola, who played at Wisconsin and played the NFL, like not like listen, I didn't play in the NFL. The last three years, C Dub, he was the assistant offensive line coach for. The Chicago Bears. Oh, no. Is that something that screams talent at offensive <laughs> line? <laughs> After we've seen what David Montgomery had to go through? I always say... They play Saturday. I know. Are we watching that yes, together? Yes, in Dublin. We're, we're going to get drunk and watch yeah. that game again. Yeah, and we're going for the... Hey, all over the uh, Wildcats well, Northwestern. It's like 12 and a half. 12 and a half, 13. Just, what are we doing? The only bet you make is yeah, Northwestern. take Northwestern. I'm sorry. Just do it Blindly. Now. Yep. I don't think they're going to be very good I don't either. think so either, but just let's start it there. 15 to 20 vomits per pre- What are we wow, doing? But, like, what's psychologically, what's going on in Frost's mind to be like, oh, I, I need to, to share this. I need to, like, make this up. Yeah. Like, in and lie about how many guys are vomiting and what during happened practice. To the, the rhabdo thing isn't that old. <laughs> how did the rhabdo thing get pushed under the rug as much as it did? That's all I got for yeah. you in Nebraska. I mean, he's lying. And the problem, There's no way. And it just sets up a horrible <laughs> a horrible meme the rest of the year. <laughs> well, Frost, now you've caused ten to 20,000 vomits thanks to this result. I So when I, quote, retweeted that, I, I, I accidentally it. do it. I Instead of Frost, I misspelled his name, and I said Scott Froth. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people thought I was being clever, and I really, like, didn't mean to do it. At the end uh, of the uh, Nebraska program, is the gift that keeps on giving. I'm going to bring on my my friend, Doctor Kim, from the Iowa Clinic, orthopedic surgeon. It's football season, so yeah, we talk yeah. about ACLs and yeah. like ACL prevention yeah. and all that stuff. He used to be. I've told you about Doctor Kim with Coach K at Duke. Yep, he was he was the medicine guy there, the sports medicine guy. Yeah. So this is really good if you're, especially if you're a parent and you got kids doing fall sports, listen to this. It's like five minutes, really informative. Our docs talk series with our friends from the Iowa clinic. Week That's zero for uh, high school football coming up. 
this week. Is it really? Yeah. It just doesn't I seem. Know. I hear you. It's coming. I I know I probably sound like the old man. This was the shortest summer of all time. It's got to be. It just flew. It can't be the same amount of days. It's. Does anybody else out there the, feel the same way? It's the 22nd it's, of, of August already. What happened? I don't know. I'm I'm ready for football. I'm like, I'm legitimately. Like it, it ready felt like it go. outside in Des Moines today. What'd you do in Des Moines today? Well, I'm just saying, see, so got like a little sweatshirt oh. weather. You yeah, know, a little yeah, dreary. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. man, let's let's pop open the fireball. Let's get it going. Okay, get so the nooner, get the nooners out. I put out get the a Cody Road tweet asking people for a few questions. We had 46 responses. Man, I don't have time so many, to so many good ones too. Go through all of those. Um, I say we stay. Clear of the O line, yeah. I we've think we addressed that. We've already covered that. Um, here, here's one for you. Um, who's the X factor for the season? Oof. Shawnee Jenks Oof. asked that. Thank uh, you, Josh. I don't know if he's going to be the X factor. I'll give you one on each side of the ball. Okay, one boring one, one fun one. I like that. Uh, boring is J.R. Singleton mm. on the D line. Not that boring though, because you, you know. It's a critical position. Huge. And him and Isaiah, our guy. Exactly. That's yeah. our, our, boy, our boy, Isaiah, Isaiah Lee. Lee. But with losing any Owazarike. Yes. Oh, right. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Like I, that's from what I, that? I did a little, you know, I love yep. defensive linemen. Yep. A little recon. And they really think that Singleton's made a, a another yep. step. He's had a great couple weeks of fall camp. And, and I would say Jalen Knoll. I like the both those. Need playmakers. Need especially without the... Elite running back. Now we'll see where these other guys end up, but Brees was, we knew going in to the year, was going to be one of the top in the country. You got to have playmakers. I think Jalen had a sneaky, really good f- freshman year. He did. He came uh, on when kind of in the middle of nowhere. Wasn't yeah. exactly like a gaudy freshman nope. year, but it was really, really solid. I think he benefits greatly from Xavier. Being on the other end, those would be my two X factors. Jalen yeah. Knoll, third most catches by a freshman in Iowa State history, by the way. There you go. Um, no, I like those. I like those a lot. I'll I'll give you two. The obvious is Deckers, right? Like he's gotta be good. Everybody knows this. But I mentioned earlier, I think I think Trevor Downing has the potential to really help that unit out. And he's playing in a really natural position. If you talk to the staff, they were they thought he was so good last year, but he was kind of in that weird spot where he was, he was Newell was not healthy, and Downing was there, and he was really good. But if you move Downing there, Downing will be an NFL player. There's no question in my mind. So I'll put him on offense. I've mentioned Bo already at the safety spot, and then uh, let's give some love to Orion Vance again. I think Orion Vance is the key to the season. He's got to stay healthy because they don't have. Uh, a lot of numbers that that linebacker spot. I think Breeder's going to be solid yeah. at the micro spot. But Orion Vance is a big dude who's really good, who came back, chose to come back. I think Orion Vance is an X factor. No, that's good. I don't, I don't have I any mean, complaints The nice about thing that. is it, the depth is, though, is legit. Like, that's what keeps coming out. You said it earlier. Yeah. The numbers are really good. And so the, the, the meaning is, like, if you have, and there's already been some attrition on the offensive line, if you have some issues... The good thing is, is it's not like the you know 2013 season, where then you're done and you got nobody left and you're yeah. putting offensive line at a defensive line. Like there are enough depth yeah. now that you can weather some of the storms that will happen throughout the season. 
I would even say, wasn't 12 the year that they basically should have gone like eight and four? And then at the end of the year, like yeah. not was out. And like, yeah, there 12, was, no, 12, know, they should have gone like eight 10 and, and two. Yeah, even yeah, more yeah. than that. I mean, it, yeah. They just got, but they just, they had too many injuries. And then and the, quarterback was an issue. And the two deeps were just not good. Yep. Like there was such a drop it off should, once you lost those guys. Should be like a guy like Malik Verdon that nobody's heard about yet. It's Really good player. Uh, Darian Porter at corner has been really good. Dude, people are talking about Darian Porter like he's a future NFL. Uh, he guy. might be. The speed. Speed, speed, size. speed. He's got size. Size and speed. Yeah. Size and speed. Especially on that back end. Listen, I love Greg Eisworth. Great player. They uh, Daytron Young. Really nice player at Iowa State. But the upgrade they've made in talent on the back end will be a big difference this year. Caleb, any recent word on the kicking game? And... I, uh, yeah, I'll give you guys a little bit a little, of uh, juice. A little juice that I put on the premium board. This isn't really premium information. It's going to come out. They have not named a starter. Okay. I do know that for kicker. Or yes, punter? for kicker. They have not named a starter. They're going to let it play out this week. Okay. It does sound like Jace Gilbert, the freshman, has been nice. really good. Yeah, I was set. I was told that he's gotten better. Like every day during like camp, that. just more confident. And I'm really glad he – I'd rather the guy you put on scholarship who you think is going to be good wins it than guy. some walk-on, right? Yeah. Like, so that He's that the would young be man my, from Oklahoma, right? Yes. Yeah. That would be my expectation at this point, at kicker. I wasn't as concerned about punter. I didn't ask. Well, punter – Perkins, Perkins the, the kid from Ohio. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Perkins will be the guy. And then you figure out the kick game. So, like, I, I'm a big money ball guy. You know, like Billy Bean, like find find the opportunity for Iowa State. There's no question. The thing that held Iowa State back the most last year, in my humble opinion, was special teams. They were 90th or worst in almost every single category in special teams outside just, of field goal kicking. All you have to do watch the Iowa game again. That's where you they lost. They were not good. They were not good. That's where you teams. lost. You lost on there. special teams, and Iowa was elite. <laughs> Iowa had the best punter in the country. You were below average. The they were definitely that, below They were 110th like, in punting net, net punting last year. Got to be better there. And then, you know, but Mevis was good. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like special teams as a whole, not great. Mevis, really good. Iowa State, do you know this, up? This surprised me. I was going to look up the numbers while I was putting my kids to bed tonight. Second in the nation in red zone percentage. Hmm. 97%. Because Mevis was so good, and he made everything. And they actually were pretty efficient once they got there. Now, some of them were field goals and not touchdowns. But actually, Iowa State converted at a high level last year at the red zone. There you go. Yep. But need to be better. G- Gilbert and Perkins. Got to know those guys by the end of the year. Got to know them. Uh, good one from Dan. Which true freshman has a chance to make a big impact on the team? I have a name that a lot of people don't know. I like I like Nuggets. This, too, was premium information earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Trying to sell this thing. Yep. No, I, people understand. It helps keep us open. Yep. Jeremiah Cooper, defensive Oh, I, that's not a name that I hadn't heard about. Not a highly recruited kid. Keep an eye on that young man. Okay. Six foot tall, uh, 180 pounds, pushing for a starting spot. Wow. That's impressive at that spot. I'll, I'll say Cartavius Norton. Who has yeah, become yeah, more of a household name. And people and like he, him a and lot. And he keeps on I was told up. by a source last week after the scrimmage that they'd be totally fine starting him all year. 
in the Big 12. A little, little, little fact for everybody. If, if a freshman starts showing up in your social media posts, it's a good sign for the freshman. Yeah. They showed his, highlighted him on, I think, Saturday. Oh, did they really? Yeah. I didn't yeah, know that. Had a big run. So just, they're not going to, listen, they, they, there's hands on, on everything in the program. Somebody has to give the okay to highlight Cartavius Norton on a, a touchdown run. FYI. Um, good question, though. That was good. The this is Bloom territory. Cyclone coach. Uh, for as good as the defense has been in recent history, turnovers have usually been yes. hard to come by. Thank you for asking this. Yeah. What are the chances that changes with so many new faces taking bigger roles? Um, and he also notes that Aishim Young caused quite a few on his own that he can remember. Remember, you're you're the stack guy. I'm. I love this question. I, some of my favorite. Talks of my career been with Matt Campbell about turnovers where I swear they're random and he's no, you gotta be in the right spot. You prepare for that and all that stuff. But I, I think that this is cyclical and Iowa State's due to have a good year with some turnovers. And and I agree with you. So <laughs> some, some numbers wow, for you. Wow, you're going against the coach. I do. I coach, come on. I know I know because you they're control freaks. Like they want to believe yeah, that they, everything they think that everything that they do matters. So Iowa State <laughs> right what well, yeah. I, I was, get what he's saying. Yeah, just totally we, Iowa State last year in turnovers gained, which is the amount of turnovers created. And by the way, if you want to be a nerd like I am, go to stats.ncaa.org and lose your mind for hours. Like, if you don't want to work, just go there. It's great. Uh, Iowa State last year, in turnovers gained, was uh, not highly ranked in the country. I think they they created 14 turnovers total, only five fumble recoveries. Uh, So, two years ago, Chris, top 25 in turnovers gained. What happened two years ago? Iowa State won nine games and won in Fiesta Bowl. So... If that can flip a little bit, and actually, if you look at Iowa State's recent seasons, you know they've gone from from eight and seventeen, eight wins and seventeen, eighteen was also seven, and and nineteen was eight. The years they've been had more wins, more turnovers gained, and so that's absolutely something I believe is more fluke than anything that Iowa State can take advantage because they were not highly ranked in turnovers gained last year. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's personnel. I don't I, know if it's luck. I, I don't know what it is. I think personnel has but. anything to do with it, a lot of it has to do with your defensive line because you're just making everything uncomfortable. Well, and sometimes it's just recovering a fumble, right? Like, yeah, and, like it's going to bounce one way I would say recovered like, five fumbles last year. That's it. In 13 games. Yeah, that's... that's That was top 120. Like, it wasn't very high. So, so you're you going to move up. Yeah, just based on odds. That's not a skill thing. It's, it's not. Like, it's the other person losing the ball. Now, granted... Brian Peavy was a genius at this. Remember him, the old oh, corner God, from Houston? Yeah. He was great. He would just take it away from people. Yeah. And great, you get one of those guys. It's outstanding. But they just, Iowa State has not taken advantage enough about turnovers gained. You, you just, yeah, I don't, we need to talk to Haycock about this. But the, he'll say the same thing. He's like, well, we can coach it. I don't know. But I, so I wrote an article about this years ago on the the former dot com. Years ago, that's like two decades. Right. The most two relevant stats for success in college football. Number one is run defense. Iowa State has been elite in that for five years, and the second corresponding is turnovers gained. And Iowa State has been very average in that the last couple of years. 
do that, you're going to be successful. Guess guess who led the the Big 12 in turnovers gained last year? Um, Baylor. Correct. Top 10 nationally. This is why I'm bullish on Iowa State beating Iowa. Guess who was third in the country in turnovers gained last year? Iowa. Mm. 30 turnovers gained. They can't do it again. It's impossible. So take the under on Iowa's Iowa win State, total. Here's another number for you. Iowa State has not forced a turnover against Iowa <laughs> since 2015. Ugh. It's impossible. Ugh. Aaron, our, our guy Aaron wants to know, he, Rimsburg injury feels like a here we go again situation. Do we really have depth? and development in the offensive line to take a step forward this season. Okay, we've already answered all that, Aaron. I want to move on to Zach. <laughs> Zach says, uh, they're saying that um, Rimsburg's day-to-day, does that mean <laughs> he won't dead. play this Is season? He dead? He's alive. I, the Take it for what it's worth. Rimsburg's going to be out for a while. Like I, I just really believe that. I don't that. think like, he's going to be back for the Iowa game for sure. Yeah, that's what we think. Yeah, and day to day could mean a lot of things. Correct. I'd be shocked if he's back for Iowa. I hope so. I hope so too. But I do, but I also, player. from what I've heard, this is not like a season ender type. Thing. Agreed. So, and he's really good. I think if you looked at anything that happened last year, that was as big of a loss as Iowa State had. Yep. Yep. He was awesome at the end of 2020. I mean, yes, and then that and Newell was not healthy all year last year. Correct. God, it's crazy going through these questions. I would say that two-thirds of them are about the offensive I know. Line, that's why I wanted to bring it up. And uniforms. Yeah. Uniform. I don't know anything about uniforms. You know anything about uniforms? I know that basketball can do the all blacks this year. Okay. It seems like, I, again, I know nothing. I literally don't. Like, I want to preface this. People assume I know stuff. I don't. It seems that... You're the bag man paying the players. Be careful. (laughs) It's a legitimate 501c3 organization. They have to do community service. Um, Script Cyclone seems to be coming back. I'm kidding. Bloom is not a bag man. No, Script Cyclone seems to be popping up. What is that? Like Like a lot of Iowa State and the script and the cyclones and the script. You were talking about a Like the logo thing? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that means anything. Just throwing it out there. I don't know. I I do know that basketball will have the op. It's something. It's not like, oh, Otzelberger came in and wanted to wear the black. I I was told this. Like, it's a Nike thing. Like, once the football does it, then, like, it's available. Like, so they get, like, a certain number of alternates. Yeah. But it's like in basketball, they're not doing it like every year like they do football. Iowa State basketball's alternate was the like that gray for the, a while. The anthracite. And I think it's going to be black from now okay. on. Like that. That's what I heard, at least. And I, I don't know the specifics. Micah Byer should be able to answer yeah, that. We should talk to Micah. For us. He, I'm sure he would. I'm sure. But yeah, they're talking about all these questions are about special teams, the offensive line. Um, Backup quarterback. What do you got? It's the Cook kid right now. Is it really? Yeah. I don't. Rocco. I don't. And you don't think that the Iowa Western kid? I don't know. I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I read Jared's piece on it, and it was it was very informative. Yeah, 
They love to cook it. Like, yeah, I think he's a really good player. I I would say it's Rocco, but I don't I don't know. Either, I have I, no idea. Point. Let's hope Hunter doesn't get hurt. Um, Jim wants to know pedestrian bridge versus Ames <laughs> water. Both elite. Which is better and why? How few, how excited are you to walk across the bridge? I would say the br- I, I unpopular opinion here. Ames Uh-oh. water is overrated. Ooh. My in-laws live there. They don't even drink out of the tap. What? They might be excommunicated from the city for that take. The bridge looks amazing at night. I was so pissed. Last time I was in Ames, we're leaving the in-laws and it was late. And I said, Ashley, and we had to be in Iowa City at 6 a.m. the next day for Cammy's surgery. Mm Mm-hmm. So that means we had to leave here at like yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. It was already like 1030. We weren't going to get any sleep. And I said, I'm going to go the long way because I got to see this damn bridge. And it was not lit up. Whoa. Jamie. Who's listening up there? Let's go. <laughs> light it up. It's like, if I'm going to go out of yeah, my way. Oh, no, you got to light it up. I'll, no, pay, actually, the, I'll pay, the, pay the LED costs. The, the bridge is getting like some cheap humor but like it's really cool. it is really cool like the entrance like, to what they've done with is, the Riemann Gardens area yeah. in that like even when it wasn't lit up I said to Ashley I go do you remember when we were in college here and like just how awesome this is all oh, now it's really totally really cool agree. and first game day that track across from that's gonna be really neat like I'm not like I'm getting a little goosebumpy just thinking about that it's gonna be great will it be better than all of Cyclone Nation in Walking Vegas, from Mandalay Bay to no. Raiders Stadium, while drunk or and or it on was like substances, zombies. <laughs> that was freaking crazy, and I missed it. I oh my god! So somebody asked him the questions. I think the, it was our guy. All but, of Mandalay Bay was uh, just drunk Cyclone fans. So you went as a fan. I was not a fan. I was there yeah. at like one, which is boring. I did do Cyclone reaction. I remember after that, that from, game from the bar. I think me and Whitford were sitting at Mandalay Bay. <laughs> We didn't have any other way to do Mailing it. Mailing it in. Yeah, cell phones. But keep in mind, it was like 3 a.m. Iowa time. Nobody was listening. So, so somebody asked, what's your favorite tailgate drink? I don't know. Like, I can't answer that question because I don't. But I get to know in 13 days. I'm so excited. I've done enough tailgating. I took a couple of games off the last, like, three years. Yeah. What Are you Are you, are you going to be on it's, the noons? Or are you going to be on the, the Cody it's, Road? Clearly? It's coffee with the Iowa cream. Okay. That's that's how you start your. What day. about the nooners? Are the nooners allowed at nine in the morning? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, when it gets to be, you know, brisk, you don't want a high noon. That's a that's a hundred degree drink, Brent. Okay. Well, now maybe that first game. Yeah. How far along are we in the podcast here? A minute, an, an hour, hour and three minutes. If if you have a tailgate, you'd want me to come to. Oh wow! Look at this guy. No, I'm saying like I will bring some We Will Collective stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Always self-serving. And I will I will raise, if we can raise funds, and I will come to your tailgate. I am so in right now. Are you going to have one of the like things where drunk people can just scan it and send you a donation? I, I'm worried about the internet service. Legit. Well, no, you don't need internet. Just the cell service, you mean? Yeah. Uh, they have all the like posters around there. Okay. Well, keep me out. I might do that. All right. Well, anyway, we will go through the rest of We got a lot questions. of questions. They're just, awesome questions. Yeah. No, they're really really good i just like there's so many so on the freaking offensive line yeah. that i just 
I so long long story yeah, short, I'm I'm kind of come around to you like yeah, that. It's a, calm down, being a little bit overplayed. Let's calm here. down the offensive line. Like it hasn't been great, but no, it, it's, it's not, been not horrible. It's not like this garbage unit that is completely. I mean, if you want to do that, do the special teams. Correct. Special That's teams, been way worse than the honest, offensive line. Garbage. Special teams, garbage. Offensive line, not garbage. I agree with that. Because yeah, I mean, there's some people suggesting that. Yeah, like I just think a little bit, a little bit hard on the special teams, Chris. Twenty second and then twenty fifth in the country in yards per carry. That's pretty good. Okay, when we go out here, this is Hanson. They're grown men. <laughs> they kicked. This kicked is me away from this their is bus. A live okay. version of Umbop in two thousand twenty two. Keep in mind, they're all grown men now. You know, they have more than one song. That's disrespectful, but no, they didn't. I want to hear this. This is from They're their all YouTube like 40 page. Forty now, they can't sing the same song at age. 40. Let's hear. Let's hear it. How many times do you think these guys have sung this song? Uh, Twenty-five thousand. That's it. I'll take the over. It's a little better. Would you have fulfillment in life if all you did was sing this song? No. But you're you're a millionaire and you have that bodyguard who blew you up at their bus. You don't have that. I'd rather tweet about official. This was Bloom's night tonight. <laughs> My wife and I walked over there to return a crock pot from Elise's birthday party. <laughs> Thanks and, for bringing this up. And Theo fell out of the chair. <laughs> Thank you for getting the hints. And I'm like, I don't want company right now. This is bad. I was just trying to return the crockpot, you're trying to, and I, I brought your boys and cupcakes. Your cupcakes. And my two-year-old fell on the floor and had a meltdown like he was Scott Frost with the media. It's a bad deal. See, up, they're 40 years old now. And they're just still Cash doing this. Cash and checks have two buses. But Downtown you know, Minneapolis, let's go. We say that we haven't moved on in our lives. No, I, I, we're doing yeah, the exact totally, same thing we were totally doing agree. 15 years ago. Sitting here bitching about the Big 12. <laughs> All right, he's Bloom. I'm Williams. Later, team. Hey, two, 13 days. It's game week. Let's go. Next Sunday's yeah, game week. That's we'll, right. We'll preview SEMO. Let's go. Familiar voice joins the podcast now. A guy who we have interviewed a handful of times. He's a big Duke Blue Devil, but it's not basketball season, so we won't give him a hard time yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor, how's the Blue? How's the Blue Devil football team going to be this year, Doctor Kim? You know, I, I don't know. Kind of had a switchover, uh, new staff recently, so. Um, I know they're all hopeful, so I'm I'm hopeful too. It'll be interesting to see how they do. You just gave a better Duke football answer than I thought Duke fans would <laughs> get. So that's that's good. No, that's great, Doctor yeah, Kim. There's from, always hope. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Doctor Kim from the Iowa Clinic joins us here on the podcast, and we are uh, we are approaching really busy time of year for high school sports. Here in the area, of course, college sports and uh, the theme of the month for us here on the Doc Talk segment, ACL injuries. Feels like, Dr. Kim, that this used to be 
when I was a kid, if you tore your ACL, maybe your career was over. It was that was, but man, it, it just seems like athletes are bouncing back quicker and better from this than than ever before. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. You know, ACL is a, is a, a very commonly injured um, uh, ligament in the knee, and it's, it's a very popular topic in the sports medicine community. Probably one of the most researched topics in sports medicine, and so over the years we've we've done very well in um, improving our techniques and um, knowing what's good and what's bad, and you know even the rehab protocols have changed. And um, there's a lot of research out there, you know, how to prevent re-rupture and re-injury and how to get patients back, um, you know, as soon as possible. I'm fascinated by the, the ACLs. There was a case a couple of years ago where eh, more than a couple of years ago, I mean, we're looking at like a decade, but it seems like Iowa state specifically would, I mean, the offensive line was just tearing ACLs like crazy. And we had the conversation. I wish I would have known you back then to get some insight on it. But is that, is that something doc that can be prevented or is that just a, a streak of bad luck? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, ACL prevention is a, is a very um, hot topic as well. Um, it's uh, there, there are a lot of different programs out there, a lot of research. It's, uh, it's something very difficult to prove um, through research, but there is a lot of good ones out there um, saying that there is benefit to ACL prevention. Um, and a lot of physical therapists and athletic trainers are familiar with it and um, I don't think it would hurt, uh, you know, to participate in something like that. Um, so there, there is lots of talk about ACL prevention um, and, and how best to do that. That's for sure. So when, when somebody comes to you with a with a torn ACL, I'm sure there are different degrees that are beyond my um, area of expertise. But like, is it always uh, how often? I guess is surgery the the route that you go, or does the patient's age come into play the degree mm-hmm. how, how, what, what are the options there if somebody comes into your office that's a great question um acl injuries often happen in our athletes um and so it, it's important for pivoting activities for, for knee stability so you know if you really think about it um an acl injury won't kill you and the pain and the swelling will eventually get better but the problem is the knee continues to be unstable so if I do have a, a relatively older patient with an ACL tear, um, oftentimes we will try some rehab. And if they tell me that the knee is not giving out on them and they're not having stability, well, technically we don't have to go after that. Um, problem is most of the time ACLs happen in younger active patients who, who do have to pivot and do turning motions and who do have ongoing instability. Um, and in those cases, um, they often do need surgery to stabilize the knee and, most ACLs that come into my office, they they end up requiring surgery. For like just a normal, healthy human, Doctor Kim, what what's the downtime recovery look like these days? Like what's what's the average? You know, there's been lots of research on that too, um, and I, I, you know, I'm I'm comfortable to say that over the years we're we're slowly learning that it probably takes longer than than we thought to come back after an ACL, um, and that that number is pretty variable depending on the surgeon and, um, you know, what their thoughts are on that. But I would say on average, 
anywhere between nine and 10 months it would take to fully return back to play. Um, you know, for me, I, I usually tell patients, you know, give yourself at least nine months. But if it takes 12 months, a whole year, maybe even more, um, that can be completely normal. And so I, I set that expectation from the very start. Well, hopefully uh, not that many people from our audience need to come in and see you for this, but we all know the reality is there's a lot of uh, parents listening, and hopefully um, hopefully everybody stays safe. But if not, uh, remember Dr. Kim uh, right there at the Iowa Clinic. Now, you're down in the at the West Des Moines location, right, Doc? Yeah, we have multiple locations. Um, I'm also um, in our Ankeny location and, um, and then mostly in our West Des Moines. Of course, we have our, our new surgical center opening up in Waukee as well, so we're we're trying to expand our footprints and make ourselves available everywhere. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Go uh, go, Duke. That'll be my ACC team. Ah, ah, very nice. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. Dr. Kim right there with the Iowa Clinic. Remember, uh, man, don't, don't go out and tear your ACL, but if you do, uh, check out our friends at the iowaclinic.com and find Dr. Kim.